Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Melinda in Miami, where you learn to live your best sex life. Each week, my guests and I discuss common sexual challenges and offer you at-home tips. This week is all about the importance of foreplay, why it's needed, how to do it, and how to have fun with it. Today, I'm bringing on Jessica Jackson from Seattle. She is the go-to woman for all your sexy toy needs. She's the passion party toy expert, and she will be giving us advice on the best toy for your sexy time. When most of us think foreplay, we oftentimes think oral or fondling, whatever happens right before sex. Some couples like more foreplay and they stay in that area longer and some couples transition out of it really quickly. But today's episode is all about the importance of staying in that foreplay phase and the romance that it creates. Like I've said in a lot of other podcasts that I've done, that Timing with sex is key. Outside factors that happen in our life, like our mood, stress, work, family stuff, all of those stress factors really increase and decrease our libido. So I'm here to tell you that foreplay primarily happens outside the bedroom. And I want to go into that today. So thinking about foreplay, how do we do it? First of all, who is your partner? If your partner is someone that you're married to or that you live with, foreplay can begin the moment the two of you wake up. Think about having little verbal cute teases to each other, little sexy comments through the day, sexy winks, um, affectionate touching. This is all foreplay. This is actually foreplay from the beginning of the day. If it's someone that you're dating and you have a date that night, how can you start getting your partner in the mood and how can you start getting yourself turned on? Well, foreplay would begin with maybe sending a little sexy text to them with a little sexy comment about how excited you are to see them. Remember, because sex is between the ears. So basically what you're doing to your partner is you're lightly mind-fucking them. Oh, And one more thing, if you're trying to turn your partner on from afar, maybe it's a first date or you're just dating this person, get creative with their emojis. So we've been talking a lot about foreplay with a partner. I want to switch it and talk about foreplay with yourself. So you're getting ready for that date, no matter who your partner is. It's a first date, married, live-in person. That's okay. Women, what makes you feel sexy? Ask yourself that question. Is it the outfit that you feel the most confident in? Is it the pair of heels, the sexy perfume, maybe different makeup that you use? All these little pieces are really making you turned on. Or maybe before you leave the house, it's some light masturbation or touching on your part. Men, now it's your turn. What makes you turned on, men? Maybe you withhold from masturbating for a day or two. Or if you really want to put yourself to the challenge, try edging. Edging is when you masturbate, but you don't allow yourself to have the wet orgasm. You hold back. So you touch yourself until that point, and then you stop, or maybe you use the squeeze technique. But you don't allow yourself to come. 
So as you're getting yourself turned on, I want to mention that we are creatures of habit. We oftentimes engage in the same sexy little foreplay because we feel that this is a need. I've heard so many of my clients come in and say, no, I need clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm or I need this to come. And yes, maybe it's what you want, it's what you enjoy, but it's not something that we always need. We're creatures of habit, so we go down this idea of, I have to repeat the same things because this is what is needed for me to have my pleasure journey. I want you to replace the word need with want. This is what I want, this is what I like, this is what turns me on. But I'm going to encourage you and your partner now to open your minds up, to open that I can have other ways of feeling pleasure and creating an orgasm. I don't always feel I need this type of foreplay or this position in sex. So one way to help you and your partner open your mind up and explore are some of these games that are out there. Maybe if you're thinking about getting into BDSM but you're not sure and you just want to dip your foot in, buy a game on how to introduce yourself to BDSM or think about sex dice or foreplay games. These are really great opportunities for you and your partner to experiment and think outside the box and really break that habitual sex cycle. All right, so this is a tip for you men and women. Never fake an orgasm. Let your partner know what you like. If you fake an orgasm, they're going to repeat all the things that don't actually get you to orgasm. So let them know what you like, whether you want pressure here or touching here, kissing here. Let them know. Don't set yourself up for failure for future sexy times. So remember, listeners, sex is between the ears and sex is not always about having that orgasm. Today, I'm bringing on Jessica Jackson, the sex toy consultant, and she is here to help you explore new things in the bedroom, pick out your ideal toy, and have your best sex life. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Today, we've talked all about foreplay and the importance of foreplay. So I want to ask you off the bat, Jessica, what you think foreplay is. Yeah, so foreplay can be anything that really happens before sex. And that could be the 15 to 20 minute time frame before sex, or it could be leading up all day to sex. So say uh, you could be talking with your partner and kind of teasing each other and building that anticipation, or maybe you give each other a massage for about 15 minutes right beforehand, anything and everything that leads up to sex at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, who knows? Um, But it's really the sky's the limit. And there should be no, uh, no stigma or limitation about that. So it's really crucial, especially for most women. Oh, you're so right. And I love that you also second that foreplay is not only just the 15 or 20 minutes before sex, but really it happens at the beginning of the day. So I'm really excited to jump in uh, with you in your profession. So you sold sex toys at parties. Can you tell us a little bit like what these parties are like? 
Yeah. So if you've ever been to, I think you mentioned before, maybe a Tupperware party, or I've personally been to makeup parties where you have um, a woman, a salesperson who's there kind of in your home with you and your group of friends. And she's just uh, going through the different products that she has for purchase. And in this case, it would be sex toys um, or uh, any kind of other erogenous uh, toys or um, stimulants that you would use in a sexual atmosphere. Okay, so you're bringing all of your toys um, to the party and having them laid out. What else are you bringing outside of toys? Because you mentioned um, other items as well. Well, yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. Most people, when they think of toys, they think of your classic vibrator or a dildo, something along those lines. But really, it's um, we try to hit all the senses. And so you can have uh, different flavored lubricants or... Uh, blindfolds or handcuffs or um, really there are different books or pornography that you can look at together and, and that's a whole nother topic you know there's good pornography then there is bad pornography but you know it's not just a vibrator it's really anything that you use to help stimulate your sex life. I love that. And, you know, all these different pieces, like the toys and the lubricants and all the sexy items, like they really increase and enhance our intimacy and our foreplay. But what did your clients typically gravitate towards? What was the, one of the most sold items? Handcuffs for sure. <laughs> one, because they're, they're cheap, right? And it's something that I think a lot of people are used to the idea of, even if they haven't use them themselves, right? So uh, it's it's a pretty easy concept, especially the, the toy handcuffs that you would use for sex. I would not promote using actual handcuffs for sex. One, because the, the toy ones usually have some kind of nice fur lining on them, so they're a little more comfortable. And two, the most important thing is that they have a, a latch so that the even the person who is handcuffed can unlatch themselves at any point in time. So um, it builds that uh, feeling of restriction without actually being restrained um, if you don't want to be. Uh, but that would definitely be the easiest bestseller. But then uh, it also ranged from woman to woman, from party to party. Everyone is different. I, I would say there was really no, this was the top seller sex toy um, at any one point in time because people gravitate towards different things. And you know, you're right, like these toys get to be really expensive. So I think that's why a lot of people maybe aren't able to bring them into the bedroom. But like you're saying, um, the handcuffs, the fuzzy handcuffs are like some safe and really accessible item to go for. You mentioned a lot of women. Is that your core audience or do you see men, couples coming to your parties as well? Mostly women. And, um, and I've thought about that actually as to why that is, but um, and maybe you could shed some light on this, Melinda, but I think it's because there is no, there is no stigma really for men and their sexuality, not the same way that there is for women and sexuality. So, um, from an early age, men tend to already know what turns them on, what they like, what they dislike. Whereas there are a lot of women out there who really do not know their own bodies that well. And what I always tell people is that if you don't know what works for you, your partner is definitely not going to know what works for you. And so I would say most of the people that come to these parties um, were people who were really just ready to explore their own bodies. 
I can imagine that. That's really that's really interesting, right? Because we do have that stigma of, you know, men can be much more sexual and not have that stigma or name attached to it. But women have always kind of struggled with that. Some of those, you know, names of being a whore or a slut and things like that. So I think women do kind of keep a lot of their sexuality hidden or even think that masturbation has this negative effect or connotation with it. No, that's absolutely correct. And so um, it's, it's important to remember that just because you're you're exploring your own sexuality doesn't in any way make you a whore light or anything that you may have just uh, any other connotations that you might come up with to go along with that. Um, it's it's all about you finding out what works best for you and your body, which is going to be completely different than what works for the woman sitting next to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, completely. So. When are you seeing women kind of going through this dilemma as they're coming to your parties, like and wanting to buy this sex toy, but not knowing, okay, how do I get myself to purchase it? And then what if I want to introduce it with my partner? Like, so you're, are you seeing some of this stigma coming up in the party? Oh, for sure. I mean, there were women who couldn't even say the word vibrator, which, um, was, you know, the first hurdle you have to overcome, but, uh, I, I would say my, the one thing I would tell people is they would get so wrapped up on which sex toy should I buy. And, you know, it's easy to say this as a salesperson, but I really do believe it is, you know, you don't have to buy just one sex toy, you know, get, get, a, get a variety out there, see what you like, see what, uh, you know, maybe you dislike because um, not everything is going to work and it's okay to say, man, that really wasn't for me. I'm going to try something else. And so having kind of that, um, what, for lack of a better word, toolkit <laughs> is going to be helpful. And maybe something that worked today isn't going to work tomorrow. So it's not even just, you know, what works for you. It's what's going to work for you right now. Because as you know, there, uh, sex is so mental. And if you're in one mood today, say you're grumpy <laughs> and you're, you're, you know, really excited and happy tomorrow, I guarantee the same um, toys or uh, foreplay is, uh, is not going to work for you the following day. It seems like these parties are also big confidence boosters because I see women, mostly women coming into my office and they've never even really touched themselves. And one of the first home- homework exim- assignments I give them is, okay, go home and take a mirror and just look at your body. Look at it, see it, touch it. But this is really daunting because of all the messages a lot of women have received about we don't touch ourselves. We don't do that. You know, as a kid, like you learn, don't do that. We we don't do that. You hear that from many different angles. So it sounds like these parties like have so many benefits to them outside of just the sexual pleasure experience. So when you when you're dealing with women who are saying, OK, I don't know exactly what sex toy to get. One of the things I talk about in session is, you know, women experience orgasms differently. So one woman may experience like a clitoral orgasm versus like a G-spot orgasm. Um, What do you see the majority of your customers going for in toys? The one that gives you both. Uh, (laughs) So what toy is like, what toy is that? There are toys out there that is that are designed to stimulate both your G-spot and your clitoris at the same time, which is by far the thing uh, I think that 
really attracts women the most. I will say that those tend to be the more expensive toys. Um, and so uh, they're definitely not for everybody, but um, there's a variety of ways you can do that. And it's and they usually end up being a uh, either a vibrator in like a dildo form that has a, uh, a what we would call a bunny ear attached to it, um, which is meant to stimulate your clitoris, or you can end up with something that looks more like a, a new age, just like C-shaped vibrator, which is something you would insert and then it's kind of cupping you and it, uh, and it stimulates both at the same time. So, and, and then anything and everything in between, but um, you're right. There are women who are uh, more prone to clitoral stimulation. And then there are other women who are more prone to vaginal stimulation and, uh, and that's really comes into play when you're deciding what kind of toys you want to, you want to look at. And then are you also recommending lube for women? Because sometimes if you're having this, you're experiencing something new, maybe it's really hard for women to become lubricated. There can maybe be more in their head. So are you really recommending like a water-based lube or, or something for them as well? I would always recommend one, a water-based lube, never get an oil-based lube. You don't want to put that in your body. Um, but yes, lubes are great. And I think I think actually more than anything else, lubes are the things that carry the most stigma um, at, in, uh, in a way that I think women are embarrassed to admit that they might benefit from a lube with their partner because then it makes their partner think, oh, I'm not you know, doing everything correctly. They're not turned on enough. Um, or whatnot, but you're right. It's totally mental. And while we're on the topic of lube, uh, there are different lubes for vaginal penetration and for anal penetration. You keep those separate. Yes. You need lube for anal penetration. Ladies do not even attempt that without, you know, your, your lube and don't let any man tell you differently. Um, but it's so important because the second you strive to have intercourse or have sex with, without lube, um, I don't know if many women out there have experienced uh, you know, what I would call vaginal chafing, and it is the opposite of pleasurable. So don't be afraid to speak up and say, you know what, I need, I need just a little more uh, right now and, and a little more help, and that's totally fine. It's whatever works for you. And lube can be so pleasurable nowadays, right? Like there are so many lubes for women, for men that like create this warm and tingling feeling. So they can also really enhance the sex life. But I wanted to go back. What is the anal lube? Because that's not as commonly talked about as vaginal lube. So what is the anal lube that people should be looking for? Um, It's, you know, there are I'm going to, I'm going to have to admit, I'm not sure exactly what goes into anal lube, but it's, there, you can get some anal lubes that have a, um, oh, I'm blanking on the word. It kind of, I don't want to say the word numbs, but it it's kind of numbs, or at least it relaxes your sphincter a little bit, and it allows that um, penetration to happen a little more naturally so that you're not uh, automatically closing up, um, maybe when you're not meaning to, but it happens, you know, just, we'll just say that it happens. Um, and so there are anal lubes designed specifically for that. And kind of the person who's really exploring that, uh, part of their body for the first time. And, and it's not necessarily used to it. Um, the, that's something I highly recommend for, for women who are interested in that. That is such a great tip. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, make sure if you're going to have anal penetration that you have this lube that makes it the most pleasurable experience. And as we're on the topic of couples, 
Is there a common couple's sex toy that you're seeing? Um, I would say, I don't know if there's any one particular, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if there's any one particular common sex toy, but I would say with couples in particular, couples tend to gravitate towards things besides vibrators and dildos, things that um, look like the like, like a male penis, right? Because I think there is that kind of insecurity amongst men that they are in some ways being replaced by this vibrator or the dildo. And so couples together, I think, look for ways um, to enhance their sex life without necessarily replacing uh, the guy's penis. And so things like handcuffs or things like blindfolds or um, there are, you know, nipple clamps out there that are great. And just any, anything along those lines is I think what couples tend to gravitate towards more, not saying that they shouldn't go invest in a vibrator together. That's my personal opinion, but, um, you know, baby steps. <laughs> You're right. And sometimes men do think, oh, if, you know, if my partner is getting a vibrator or my partner's getting a dildo, am I being replaced or am I now doing my job? And I always have to clarify to people, no, that's not actually what it is at all. This is just to only enhance. You know, exactly. it is for the pleasure of both of you. So as we're coming around, I want to leave our listeners with some of your amazing advice. So what is some common tips or advice that you give at every party? Ooh, all right. Here, here's my, my safety spiel, I guess. Um, wash your vibrator. <laughs> That's something that people don't think about that often. But right. what's effective washing? just soap and water. You would be amazed at how many people never wash their toys, which is, which is not good. Ladies, you need to go wash your toys. So wash everything, um, after every use and, uh, and never put anything in your butt that was not specifically designed to go in there. Um, anyone who's ever used a tampon knows, you, you know, the tampon can only go so far in your vagina. And if you lose the string, you can just fish it out, right? It is not the same story for your butt. And so if you're uh, interested in anal play, you should always be using a toy that has a handle on the end of it um, or some kind of uh, plug at the end. Otherwise, you're going to have a very awkward visit to the emergency room later. <laughs> that is such great advice. That's a great safety tip. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Jessica. It's been so much fun talking to you and I love all the information that we have. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hi everyone, it's that time again for Melinda's Mailbag. And today, all the questions are around foreplay. So, Shawnee Mick, my sidekick, what is our first question for today? All right, the viewer wrote in and asked, I want to bring in a toy into my sex life, but I don't want to offend my boyfriend. How do I bring this up? Ooh, I feel like that's a really common challenge between couples where one person wants hmm. a toy and the other person may or may not, but the topic hasn't come up yet. So I want to turn it back to Shawnee Mick and ask, how have you ever seen this happen or play out with anyone, any of your friends, anyone you know? I can't say I've ever had a friend bring up, um, you know, somebody bringing a toy into the bedroom and them complaining about it. Oh, and complaining about it. Or not, and nor, or not enjoying it in a sense Ooh, nobody so said oh man they brought this out and i didn't like that or i wasn't prepared for that or 
Ooh, so interesting response from Shawnee Mickham. Yeah. It always seemed to end well in Sean's experience. So my, I have a few thoughts. Um, toys can add spice to your sex life. They can have a very positive, uplifting approach and bringing it up. And I would definitely suggest talking about it before maybe bringing it into the moment because sometimes the man or woman can kind of feel, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe I'm not doing it for my partner. Maybe Mm. I'm incapable of giving them, not being able to give them that orgasm that they want. That makes sense. Yeah. But toys are not always there for that purpose. So toys can have a purpose of spicing up your sex life, but toys can also have be a want. Maybe the partner wants that because they want that stimulation. Maybe they find it exciting and it gets them more turned on. Or also, toys actually have a biological, physiological purpose. Do Did you they? know that, Sean? No, I didn't. Tell us more. I'm going to tell you more. <laughs> so they can actually help the woman lubricate and get more wet and be ready for sex. So maybe if they're having a hard day, you know, they're having a hard time getting turned on, they can actually help the woman become lubricated. And also, male toys can help the man get a boost in their erection. There you go. I kind of want to go back a little bit to Mm -hmm. the guy getting help, getting his girl in the mood. I don't think any guy is going to be against having a little help, getting a little more action. Ah, that's a good point. So it can have a positive benefit too. I think so. All right, Shawnee Mick, what is the second question? All right, question number two. I try to rush through the foreplay phase to prevent coming. How can I stop this? Ooh. Sounds like he needs to listen to the answer to question one and get some toys to help him out. Maybe for his partner. So trying to rush through foreplay because you were afraid of coming too early. I'm going to say maybe there is no time of coming too early if it's okay with you and your partner. But I hear that this viewer wants to last longer. Sounds like it. Okay. He wants more time in the bedroom. (laughs) So I'm going to introduce you to what we call the squeeze technique. So. It doesn't sound great. (laughs) <laughs> so when you men when you feel that you have an erection and that you're getting really close to coming you know that point sean i think we've all felt that point before. okay so at that point is when you take your fingers you or your partner take your two fingers and you squeeze the tip oh, of the penis just the tip just the tip are we talking of just enough i mean i guess the the pressure of the squeeze mm-hmm. depends on how how badly you don't want to. And, and the game, I suppose, right? So you bring up a good point. Yes, let your partner know when too much squeeze hurts. That makes sense. So is this something that... Do nails help? <laughs> Try to do avoid we, nails. We, we more don't of want... A, more of a finger t- pinch than a, a nail pinch. Good call. Definitely fingers. As soon as we get the nails, we can have a cut, which leads you to infection. Yeah. Leave so, the nails at home. So if you do get a cut, make sure you shower after and really scrub that out. Maybe some neosporin if go. needed. Or, or, or avoid it. Just go fingertips. But remember, okay, so you feel that you are going to come too early. Maybe you have this idea in your head that sex is linear. So, Sean, okay. when do you think sex actually starts? <sighs> That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the normal response for most people would be when intercourse begins, but I think it could d- be dialed back to when, when foreplay begins. You so know, both When answers. you guys get in the mood, right? When, when there's that romantic uh, feeling in the air. Mm-hmm. So when would you say foreplay begins? 
It could begin in the beginning of the day when you bring them coffee. I mean, you could yes, really, you yes, could yes, really yes. get the day going. I mean, it depends how many, how much you want to help your situation out later on. I love that you said that because <laughs> you are so right. Okay, everyone, sex is not linear. And foreplay starts whenever. So when you see maybe someone batting their eyes at you or you're dancing, this is all actual foreplay. But don't feel that sex has to start with a kiss, go to penetration, and end with an orgasm. That's not always what it is. Sex is not always a linear thing. It's 2020. So it can start with foreplay and it can start with penetration. But it doesn't always have to be. So don't always be so afraid of coming too early. Because if you just get to the foreplay phase and that's okay with you and your partner, you had your pleasure journey then that is what it is, and it go enjoy that sex life. It is what it is. <laughs> so what is our last question of Melinda's mailbag? All right. To wrap up this week's Melinda's mailbag, we got, my partner likes things during foreplay that I do not. How do I tell him we should try something else? Yikes. So one person likes something in the bedroom that the other person doesn't. Mm, that could cause some issues. It could. And you know, a lot of people have different fetishes that they like, things that they feel that they need to get them turned on that their partner might not like. I think step number one would be having this communication. Telling them, you know, I know, I understand this is something that you like, but I'm really not that into it. What do you feel? Maybe you'll find something that the two of you agree on that is both mutually beneficial. You know, like a variation or, you know, replacing one thing for another, perhaps. Exactly. Just trying new things. Exactly. Sometimes that conversation can be daunting. Oh, I can only imagine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it can be a hard conversation, but I'm saying bring it up because it's definitely worthwhile. Maybe you'll find something else to replace it that you both mutually enjoy. Or, you know, if you find that this is something your partner really likes, okay, Ask yourself then, is this something that is triggering for me? Is mm. this something that scares me, makes me feel disgusting, makes me feel humiliated, or makes me feel any negative way? Okay. If it does, then that is something maybe you really have to talk to your partner about and put a no on it. Or if it isn't, right? It's just maybe gotcha. something that isn't your favorite. I see. Maybe, maybe so, that's something so it really that... depends on the level of the feeling that the partner has like, with that certain activity. Yeah, like creating creating that balance of sometimes I understand this is something that really turns my partner on and I guess it doesn't have any negative effect on me. So mm -hmm. maybe I try to get turned on because my partner's getting turned on. There you go. It's a teamwork. Sex is teamwork. Unless you're doing it alone, then it's all you. It's just as fun either way. Well, that's all for today with Melinda in Miami. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on the show today and teaching all of us about toys and how much more is actually out there. And always, thank you, Shawnee Mick, my loyal sidekick, for being a part of Melinda's Mailbag. Everyone, stay tuned for next week, Monday at 3 p.m. I'm going to be talking about relationships that have large age gaps. So that means when one partner is much older than the other and how that impacts their sex life. Until next week, go out and have great sex.